Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, good stuff there at the end of the hour. Several people mentioned on the, if they did a last dance after the, uh, what do they call it, Ron? After, reunion show? After the reunion or after the, the reunion uh, show? Yeah. after it's all settled. Uh, said that Ahmad Rashad could host the last dance. Ahmad Rashad? What is Ahmad Rashad doing these days? I don't, I don't well, he yeah. was Jordan's best buddy, so I don't think Pippen would like that. Yeah, I can't be doing that. I mean, remember Ahmad Rashad's wedding to Felicia Rashad? He had O.J. Simpson, right? It's one of his... Uh, Speaking of someone from the 70s. No, I don't say O.J. Simpson and Bill Cosby were his his like uh, best man or his group one of their his groomsmen and best man yeah. were like Bill Cosby and <laughs> like uh, hey, look man all I know I wanted to be in that luxury box down in Houston on Monday night with uh, Jeter and Jordan and hey. no I agree that's a it's, Travis Scott was there it's a lot of cash a lot of straight hang cash out. Me in there, man. hang out so Stephen A. Smith probably would have been annoying, but I think would have put up with it. Uh, but either way, uh, here we are, hour four of our five-hour morning-by-morning conversation. Uh, a little controversy here, Rod. Controversy, you know, uh, the AP poll, excuse me, the coaches poll in college football, like they don't reveal the coaches' votes until the last one. Okay, at the end, mm-hmm. in the final coaches' poll, the, the coaches who are voting, or their, their votes are revealed. Yeah. Including former Longhorn coach Tom Herman, who ranked the Longhorn sixth in his final coaches' ballot. He ranked the Longhorn sixth in his final ballot? That's not true. Is that real? Yeah. Behind Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida State. Come on, Tom. <laughs> I guess the Florida State one and maybe out of principle, but seriously? Alabama? Alabama, exactly. Come on, Tom. You're letting, you're letting your, your true colors show there a little bit. That's, that's a little your petty sour show. grapes. You're letting your petty show. It's all right. Then you, I, know, I would say sometimes, most of the time, those coaches don't even really fill that out. Now they may, you know what I mean? They, they have some. In this case, I think Tom probably did. He probably did. <laughs> or he directed somebody to, 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 to fill it out a certain way. So, oh. Eh, not surprised by that. Yeah. Tom's uh, got some pity in him. Somebody I said, guess the guy that gave the, the double, he had the double bird, right, to the cameras who were in the, uh, his, basically what, in their war room uh, during signing day? Double bird. The guy mocked a, he mocked Drew Locke <laughs> during the Texas Bowl. All right, when they beat uh, Missouri in the Texas Bowl, yeah, he's got a little, he's got a little petty in him. He's got a little petty. Oh yeah, I remember the double bird on LHN. Double bird, just random. <laughs> <laughs> he was just annoyed that the cameras were in the room. It just gave the double bird. And it's they're like, always in the room. They're cameras, Tom. They're, they're, it's a camera. Come on, bro. You just get, you just, Come on, man. Uh, come on, bro. Well, look, I mean, it's uh, you always talk about cyber stalking. You know, it's like your your ex. Oh man, because because you know it was, oh, yeah. it was CDC that fired him. And now his, you know, the replacement is doing well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you probably go on Facebook and write a little snide comment on the, you know, they're having a party or something. Yeah. And good luck, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to do it from a burner account or something, Tom. Everybody can see your petty. Your petty is showing. 
Your penny is short. Yeah. That's okay. all right. Okay, cool. Hook them. But I, exactly, right? There you go. That's a great, yeah, nice one. There you go. That reference had been made in a long time. Uh, but, yeah, I always said, listen, there's a good coach in Tom Herman somewhere. Tom Herman's just immature. And uh, once he and he's got not past, a good people person. And he's not a good people person. So, uh, Relationships there, are a struggle for Tom. Yes, there are things that got Tom Herman fired that had nothing to do with coaching on the football field. You get fired for a lot of different reasons, um, losing games, but also losing your locker room. Um, he starts to lose the locker room, and he never had any support from really the administration, from the boosters and the donors. And then once he lost the locker room and started losing games, he lost the fans and there was nobody in Tom Herman's corner. Well, look, when things happen like that, and I've talked to a lot of folks, I'm sure you have too, who worked. You know, there's a lot of people that work at UT in the athletic department that we don't, nobody knows. But to a person that I've talked to, they all say that Tom was, was kind of a jerk. He was just not a good news, not a nice guy. Yeah. And that's to people who, you know, the administrative assistants and the secretaries and people in the office. Um, you know, the opposite has been, said, has been said about Sark, that he's a very engaging guy. He's what he is. He's, is what he is. Uh, and that, that goes to relationships. And Sark and, and Tom Herman, very, very similar to another coach I covered right at the beginning of my career in radio was John McAvick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't anything about football. John McAfee didn't know. Yeah, I mean, he was he could he was in the NFL coaching the National Football League. Uh, he X's and O's were not a problem for John McAfee. No. Relationships were a problem for John McAfee, um, and not holding grudges and not. Uh, uh, you got to be aware of your. I mean, when when recruits, I mean, when Tom Herman's thing ended was really we know the eyes of Texas conversation, but really the, you know when when. When the Brockermeyers, right, the Brockermeyer twins, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, both parents went to Texas. Blake Brockermeyer's in the Hall of Honor, and they're not even con- – two- those sons aren't even considering coming to Texas, and they've got a brother that's in the locker room mm-hmm. as a walk-on at Texas. Telling them. That's all you needed to know. Yeah. And a lot, of that's, a lot of those stories got back to CDC, and uh, that, was, that was on time. And you're right, immaturity is part of that. Uh, and look, I mean, it, it's possible for Tom Herman to be like Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian went off the rails exactly. and uh, lost the USC job. That was a good coach in there, but he was distracted and derailed by or his own demons, yeah. stuff like that. And he came back. Came and back now, a stronger person for him. Yeah, and I think Tom. I think that's a good coach in Tom Herman. I do too. I don't really think is. it's about football. I yeah. don't think it's a. Nope. You know, I, I think of the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine Mastermind, right? I mean, yeah. he's drawn on the whiteboard. He knows football, uh, and he won four bowl games. He won a lot of games at Texas, but you can't win at a big time football program if you can't build relationships with people. Well, this is literally what we're talking about with Mike Vrabel. <laughs> we can take it to the NFL too, guys. NFL is the same thing, relationships. Mike Vrabel was not getting, not getting fired because he was a bad head coach. Mike Vrabel did quite the opposite. He was a damn good head coach. But Mike Vrabel with John Robinson, when John Robinson traded A.J. Brown, uh, the reports are he was livid about yeah. it. He was upset about it. And then he went there and basically turned against John Robinson. And him turning against John Robinson, that was a rift within the organization. They could not get along. All right, That was a, that was a deal breaker. In this sense, right? As a deal breaker, said, man, we can never be professionally aligned again after you traded AJ Brown because he was pissed. But basically, that AJ Brown trade got everybody fired. Now, looking and maybe back on did, it, and maybe didn't uh, clear it with clear it, it with exactly. Brady. So whatever it was, it, it just it caused a rift that they were it, they, irreparable. They were unable to repair it. So the the ownership, all right, Amy Adam Strong decided, you know what? All right, you guys can't repair this. So John Robinson, you got to go. Sign Rivable. He's a damn good coach. And whether you cleared it with him or not, y'all couldn't reconcile it. So we'll fire the GM. Hey, we're gonna, I'm going to bring in another GM. They brought in another GM. And that GM didn't align or philosophically didn't agree 
with Mike Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel, although he probably should have tried to compromise a little bit more, he didn't because reports are Mike Vrabel wanted the owner to hire somebody else. He wanted her to hire his guy, who was an interim GM there. Uh, I believe his name was Cowden, um, who was there with John Robinson. And then when they fired John Robinson, that guy, he was let go too. And he's now with the Giants. So apparently he's been uh, surly and a little bit upset, disgruntled, uh, with the new hire of Rand Carthen, the new GM, just because he wanted his guy. Yeah. And now he's firing, I think, is due to the ownership going, okay, well, you couldn't get along with John Robinson after he traded A.J. Brown. I brought in a new GM for you, fresh new perspective, fresh new eyes, fresh new philosophy, and now you don't want to get along with him because I didn't choose the GM that you wanted, so you don't like his ideas. And now you're telling me as the owner you don't like my decisions because I didn't take the guy or I didn't hire the guy that you wanted hired so who can you get along with Mike Vrabel and that's what she's I'm not saying that she made the right decision I think she probably overreacted probably should have kept Mike Vrabel but the point is relationships 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 and because in that building the owner decided no Mike Vrabel you're not great at relationships you need to go yeah even though you're good at your job you got to go no about football well, and I think that's the other takeaway is that because the one thing I keep seeing on social media is that everybody in that organization loved Mike Vrabel. Loved him. Loved him. Like the the, yeah. the, the other people, the MCMU I'm talking about, the, the, the office workers. Not the front office and not the ownership. Yeah. Aside from that. And to me, it speaks to the fact that then something we talk about quite a lot, Rod, alignment at the top is, is vital. You have to have everybody pull in the same direction and whether it was Rabel the owner because uh, I'm never going to side with an Adams that'll never happen <laughs> but Adams daughter um, but you know it, there has to be alignment and uh, you know Mike Vrabel would argue look when you were letting me pick my guy and do my thing and we were winning we mm-hmm. won four straight seasons yeah. and then now I'm not getting the say and we're going off the rails here uh, you can kind of see that but at the same time yeah there's plenty of fingers to be pointed at Mike Vrabel but he I'll say this for Amy Adams Strunk there are the, Really good NFL coaches are hard to find. Yes. And so if you have one, you might want to bend his way. Um, usually. Usually. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's her team. I mean, she can do what she wants. Um, you know. Yeah. And, and I think she – listen, I, I think she – is going to just allow Rand Carthen to hire his guy. Yeah, yeah. And it may not, he may, the hire may not be as good as Rabel, <laughs> straight up, which, because Rabel's a damn good head coach. I think what she wants is alignment. What she doesn't, what I think what she's tired of is her phone ringing and why she's got to break up. Yeah. yeah, she's got to, uh, you know, solve the problems and she's got to come in and be the mediator between the GM she hired and the head coach she hired. And he said, like, guys, you need to work it out. Every time I come here, the GM's hitting me up saying, I got a problem with Rabel. Or Rabel's hitting up saying i got a problem with this gm guys i, I well, want to be the owner and just come enjoy my team and enjoy success so i think what she wants right now is just to, for them to get along and she's really she's and she says she, she's thinking there's probably a better chance of rand carthen getting along with a hire uh that he makes rather than mike vrabel getting along with the hire that he makes because john robinson essentially they he came in with mike vrabel yeah and mike vrabel turned against both him. new england guys yeah he turned against him yeah and no, i'm not it's... saying he wasn't right to turn against him but still shows you that he is he's he's Oh, no, he's stubborn. No, not perfect. No, without a doubt. He's stubborn. Well, and yeah. I'd also say just and how quickly it can turn, right? Tennessee was aligned and winning and, and, you know, number one seed in the AFC a few years ago when they got beat by Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but they had a really good team built around Derrick Henry, and it disintegrates pretty fast. Houston was a complete dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And now there's perfect alignment. Yeah, it <laughs> <And> is. <laughs> now there's perfect alignment. You're right. Uh, Great be- point. Because Nick Casario, um, you know, they hired D'Amico Ryans. Uh, D'Amico, because again, we've gone through the Houston's litany of how yeah. they had to get out. Get out. Because whoever, because one of the, I, I saw the Saints yesterday are going to keep uh, Dennis, Allen. Dennis Allen. Yeah. 
And I think the reason is they're so cap-strapped. You realize that these Saints didn't make the playoffs, and they're over $70 million over the cap. Mm. The Derek Carr decision was a bad one. It's brutal. They just put bad money on top of bad money, and they're still bad. I think they're keeping Dennis Allen to just weather the storm. Like, like they know they're going to be in, in purgatory cap hell for a couple of years. And that job is unattractive. And right no now. one's going to want the job. Yeah. No one's really going to want the job. It's kind of like Houston when Nick Casario got there and they had no talent, they were over the cap, and they had no draft picks. So it's like, who am I going to hire? Um, you know, we got to move on from you – know, Brian's gone. we got to move on and start over. But i gotta, I got to hire a, a place filler, essentially, <laughs> who hold this job for a couple of years that everybody can get along with. And then i got to hire the real coach. And this is where they are now. Now they've hired – now they're under the cap big time. They've won the division. They've drafted their quarterback. They've got their coach. And all, you know, all's well in Houston. It is. It, it, it doesn't take long. Like you said, once you get the alignment, hell, Texas is a great example, right? Yes, sir. You got the From Tom Herman to this. Jay Hartso, CDC, um, you know, you get that, 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 you get that, that, uh, that really chemistry, that continuity at the top, and then it really does kind of trickle well, down everybody. And then the hires, it seems like all the right, all the hires are the right hires. The right hires. Whether it be Sark or somebody else, the other right hire. I think it's because they have you have chemistry and synchronicity. At have the to top. have it, and that's in any industry. Yeah. You know, watch some some Simon Simon Sinek videos at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, he would tell you that, and that's the key. And think about it for for Texas. You know, CDC didn't hire Tom Herman, right? And he didn't. No. He inherited Tom Herman. Yeah. And whenever you inherit someone. And, you know, he's doing stuff. And you, you know people reporting back to CDC. Hey, man, you hear what he did? You hear what he did? You hear what he did? <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't hire him, you're like, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Now, if you hire him, you'll go to that person and say, hey, come on, man. Uh, you know, you were in this together. When uh, I brought you in, I, I brought you we in. We talked about these things. Yeah. <laughs> and you are not uh, subscribing to them. Yeah, and yeah. I'll have your back And when, when, yeah. when things don't go right. I got you. But it's not your hire. That's a big part of that, right? If it's not your hire, you're, you're always going to be like, this guy did what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who hired this guy? You don't fight for him as much either. That's it's right. Like, it's not my guy or my girl. Well, no, and no. guess what? The, co- the coach who didn't get hired by that boss thinks the same thing. He's not fighting for me. He's on that my back, you know. That's I mean, it just leads point. to to do uh, um, yeah. it's kind of like arranged marriage. You're right, you but that's that's a good point of why that bickering, I think, is what the ownership of the Titans is trying to avoid. It's like, no, just let him hire his guy. At least they'll get along and they'll be aligned. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, well, I would just say good coaches are hard to find. I you might have wanted to bend the other way, but, uh, uh, but watch out, uh, Texans fans, because Bobby Slow, I, he's probably gonna get an interview. I'm not saying he's gonna get that, that Titans job, but because Rand Carthen and him have a background going back to the 49ers, and Slow's already gotten job. Uh, at least some interest he's uh, going to interview with the Panthers and with the Commanders. He's not going to get those gigs, but he's already getting interest. First year as a play caller. Well, and Rand, it is the San Francisco connection that yes. uh, he wants to, to hire someone he's comfortable with, yep, too. That's exactly right. Hey, when we come back, uh, actually, not when we come back, uh, after Rod's rant and then a quick break, we're going to tell you the story if you didn't hear why Ty did oh, the show on Monday without goodness. pants on. Yeah, you heard me right. That was not a stutter. Uh, Rod did the show on Monday, or Ty did, not Rod. Uh, That would have been weird. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, in your house, that would have been very (laughs) weird. Ty did the show on Monday with no pants on uh, and produced the show. We'll find out again how that happened. But uh, first, let's get to Rod's rant. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now let's continue breaking down these wild card matchups. Let's start with the Texans and the Browns. I've been doing some research about this match. First of all, did you know that Joe Flacco has seven road playoff wins in his career? He's tied with Tom Brady 
for the most road playoff wins by an NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl era. If they beat the, the Texans, he'll have the record for the most road playoff wins in the Super Bowl era. Crazy. Didn't know that. So Joe Flacco already has a bit of that clutch gene on the road. But speaking of Joe Flacco, this is important because the, the, the last time the Texans played the Browns, Joe Flacco went off. 27 to 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns. He had two interceptions. Now, Texans didn't have uh, no C.J. Stroud. There's also no Will Anderson and no uh, Jonathan Grenard, who's their two best edge rushers. So he also had a lot more time uh, in the pocket to throw football downfield and make some great plays with vertical shots, mostly to Amari Cooper, who had 11 receptions for 265 yards versus the Texans. He averaged uh, 11, um, I believe it was 11 yards was his average depth of target. Uh, for Joe Flacco. I mean, he was throwing bombs downfield. That 11 receptions for 265 for Amari Cooper was a franchise record. And like I said, most of those were explosive plays. What Texas, what the Texans didn't do really well was defend play-action pass from under center on first down. In those situations, Joe Flacco had a 97 QBR versus the Texans when they played the Cleveland Browns. He was 10 of 15. On play action throws, 209 yards and one touchdown on those play action pass shots under center. Like I said, most of those came on first down. And if you're the Texans, I think you gotta you gotta adjust on first down, and you might have to think about defending or at least prioritizing coverage on first down rather than you know being run oriented on first down defensively. Now Texans have a really good rush defense. They're second in rushing yards per carry allowed. Uh, their pass defense is not as good, but with Stingley now playing a lot better, um, I think they'll ha- they'll be healthier in the secondary than they were that first time they played Cleveland. They got to do something different. If not, then I think the Browns are going to be able to once again just eviscerate them in the passing game. The Browns weren't able to run the ball effectively. The, the Browns had only 27 rushes for 58 yards from running backs in that game. It was the pass game. It was the pass defense for the Texans that really uh, underwhelmed. Uh, they just did not show up. And I think a lot of it's because the injury. A lot of it's because they had the lack of pass rush as well. And the Texans played a lot of man coverage, probably played more man coverage against Joe Flacco than they needed to. Joe Flacco is great versus man coverage. And that week 16 matchup, we just take man coverage period. He's got a 77 QBR versus man during the season. But in that week 16 matchup versus the Texans, Joe Flacco, 14, over 14 yards per attempt. Throwing versus man coverage. Three touchdowns. All of his touchdowns were versus man coverage. Zero interceptions. Like I said, they guaranteed man coverage on first down. Because Texas was so run heavy uh, in terms of their uh, approach defensively on first down and stopping the run that they gave up uh, the deep shots. And they, they basically were in man coverage. And they were at a disadvantage numbers-wise in pass defense because they devoted so many, so many guys, so many defenders to the box. And it led to Joe Flacco having ridiculous. Ridiculous numbers versus man coverage. He had a 99.8 QBR versus the Texans in week 16 when they deployed man coverage versus zone. 
It dropped everything dropped off 6.8 yards per attempt from 14.2 he had his two interceptions both came in zone coverage against the Texans zero touchdowns a 72 QB, QBR compared to 99.8 QBR and then during the season uh, Joe Flacco in this short very small sample size that we have for him um, he has a 34 QBR versus zone coverage during the season so he's not really great versus zone coverage um, he's spectacular versus man especially against the Texans, I think a lot of that was due to the Texans not having their best pass rushers, though. I think Texans can play a little bit more man coverage if they have their full complement of pass rushers. So I believe that Will Anderson is going to be back and Jonathan Grenard is going to be back for them if that is the case. Then you can see them play some more man coverage. If not, they need to go zone heavy. And as you pointed out uh, earlier, E, just let the Browns have everything underneath. Even let them have the the run game, and you can stiffen up, and you can play better situational defense in the red zone. You cannot allow the Browns to have that ex- those explosive plays, vertical shots downfield they had in Week 16. If you do, it's going to be – I mean, they were up 30 – was it 36 to 7 in that game at one point? Yeah, it wasn't a close game. And then it ended up being closer than the score would indicate, but because um, I think it ended up being like 36 to 22. Texas tried to fight back and forth, but they blew them out basically for the first three quarters. Yeah, and, and, and look, part of that was you're playing with a backup quarterback in Case Keenum who didn't have Nico Collins. He was trying to you know, beat a really good defense with Noah Brown. And, uh, you got to do it again. Then they fell behind. Then they fell behind. Yeah. And so that the Browns – so then you got to give up on – it's Case Keenum trying – without weapons trying – well, this year – or this year, this week – you do have C.J. Stroud back, and yeah, you do have Nico. You got Nico. Uh, no, I don't know about Noah Brown. We'll though. see with Noah uh, if no he can get out him. there. But uh, to have to, to have Grenard and Will Anderson back together, they haven't had that in a month, in six weeks. It's been a while. To have both of their pass rushers, that could be a, a, a huge factor. Have Steven Nelson back at corner is huge. And uh, if you've watched the Texans all year, their middle linebacker, Blake Cashman, is really big to what they do. They brought him, him in from the Jets. He has been tremendous. He's one of the higher-rated linebackers, according to Pro Football Focus. He's back. So I, I expect a much better defensive effort for Houston. The question is going to become, can they score on the number one defense? Can, can C.J. Stroud engineer enough points uh, with uh, you know, Nico Collins and Devin Singletary and whatever they're going to get uh, there? Because the Browns' defense is salty. Uh, they play a lot of man coverage because they can cover. Yes. And they can rush the passer. They're a top five man. And they're super fast at linebacker. Yeah, top five man coverage unit uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the NFL, which means they, they're really good at covering and man-to-man, but they also play it at a really high rate. Uh, second most snaps of cover one uh, in the NFL. And C.J. Stroud, we mentioned this yesterday, versus man coverage, his completion percentage, 22nd out of 38 quarterbacks, or 39 quarterbacks, 52% completion percentage. His EPA per play drops down to 38 out of 39 quarterbacks. Touchdown rate drops uh, from about, uh, I think, 4.6% all season to about 3.4%. So he is like C.J. Stroud and Joe Flacco are kind of the bizarro uh, versions of each other here. C.J. Stroud is great versus zone, elite versus zone. Uh, second in points per drop back versus zone. Um, he's third in yards per attempt versus cover three and cover four. He's amazing versus zone coverage, but he struggles versus man coverage. Joe Flacco is the opposite. Joe Flacco struggles versus zone coverage. But he's amazing uh, versus man coverage. So it'll be interesting to see the chess match within the game for both the Texans and the Browns. 
And again, it's the number one defense for a reason. Um, you know, Denzel Ward is an elite cover corner. Um, yeah. Gosh, the other corner's not bad either <laughs> uh, that they run out there. I mean, they can really, really get after you. Martin Emerson Jr. is a good player. Um, their safeties, they're, they're linebackers, Rod. But when you have Miles Garrett uh, yes, yeah. on one side and Zadarius Smith, the, who they picked up from the Packers, coming the other way, they got Jordan Elliott in the middle. I mean, they're really a good defense, and their linebackers fly to the ball. This will kind of like I thought the Colts game was, and it turned out to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think this will be a pretty low-scoring game. Uh, here, 23-17 for the Texans game was 40 for the over-under. That's kind of what I think here. I think yeah. this will be that kind of game. I don't. The Browns are not going to put 36 on the Texans this week, I don't believe. Uh, but can the Texans score more than they did? It was a, it was, I, I watched that whole game, and it was very similar to the Jets game when the Texans played the Jets, and C.J. Stroud was still playing. That was the game he got hurt in. Mm-hmm. And they were playing that Jets great, great secondary, and uh, Nico wasn't playing in that game. They just he, he couldn't get anybody open, and they couldn't move the football. And then the defense just wore down. In this game, the defense just couldn't cover, and you you just laid it out perfectly. They have to play more zones. Uh, they've got because as you also pointed out in the first rant, this is the number one turnover team in the league. They do thirty seven. The, the Browns, the, the anomaly of the Browns being eleven and five is that they turn the ball over a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that can be, and the Texans do not. To the point you made, they're one of the lowest in turnover teams in the league. That can become the difference in this football game if uh, you know C.J. Stroud can engineer some points and maybe turn a turnover into some points for yourself against that great defense. So looking forward to that game. That's the as far as the uh, the fan graphs the you know, numbers, Rod. The, 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 that's the closest game of the weekend. The I Browns and that. Texans. That's the closest game yep. of the of the games that are going to be played in Wild Card Weekend. Um, as far as you know, both teams have has you know. I think the the Browns are, are it's fifty four percent for them to win. The Texans are like forty seven. It's fifty three forty seven kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's good football game. Uh, there's a little more separation in the other games that are being played. The two closest yeah. are that game and then the Lions Rams. Oh, because the Rams been playing so well. Yeah, been talking about it. They've been playing really well. Seven of eight wins. One of the hot teams coming into that game. So looking forward to it. That game is uh, that's the Sunday nighter, I believe. So yeah, your 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 schedule. Yeah, the AFC goes. games are the uh, you get them early, right? Uh, At least the date. Saturday afternoon is, is Saturday. Texans Browns. Saturday yeah. night is is the Peacock game yeah. with the Chiefs and AFC Dolphins with the freezing early. temperatures. Yeah, temperatures expect to be right around zero when that game kicks off. Uh, on Saturday night. And then, yes, uh, noon on Sunday, you've got the, the Steelers and Bills on what's going to be a cold and windy mm. uh, Orchard Park there in Buffalo. Uh, middle of the afternoon, it's Cowboys, Packers. Night game is Lions, Rams. The Monday night game is Buccaneers, Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. Crazy. I wonder, could all the NFC, team, uh, NFC games are the later games on the schedule and they seem to have the late, later games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Yeah, what if they're going to flip that well, look, or just I mean, Packer, like a matchup thing? Well, because I think the best game of the weekend, the sexiest game of the weekend, is that Lions-Rams game with Matt Stafford coming back. I agree with that. That's a great one. Uh, a very even game, too. And then the Cowboys-Packers, that's going to pull a huge rating on Sunday just afternoon. I mean, that's two huge fan bases. Yeah. Um, the Packer fans have fans coast-to-coast. Cowboys, obviously, that's going to be a massive, massive rating. You're right about that. Can you imagine if they put that game on Peacock? There would be some really angry people. <laughs> the, the, the Tampa-Philly one really doesn't, kind of, doesn't fit where they're putting it. Monday night. Yeah. Why? And the winner of that's going to going to San Francisco. Yeah, but why is that Monday night? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like that's like I mean I'm not saying that they don't have storylines, but it's definitely not the sexiest of all those games. Yeah. I think you to put a 
put one of the other games out there on the Monday primetime. Yeah, you're right about that, 100%. Mm. Um, and one wouldn't be as cold if they moved Kansas City to the Monday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just weird. It's just, I, I, well, that leads to the conspiracy theorists that they want uh, Taylor Swift audience to drive Peacock subscriptions. It, I'm telling you, a big part of that Peacock audience, they are just trash TV, Bravo. You may already have it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> my, 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 the reason my wife has it is because she watches a lot of Bravo and Real Housewives, and that's the best app for streaming that stuff. I got gotcha. you. And that's your, that's your Taylor Swift audience. That is they're the same audience. Uh, we We'll come back. When we do, we'll tell you why. And uh, it did happen. Our producer did the show and produced the show on Monday with no pants on. So uh, we will reset that conversation. And and, and to the fact that it wasn't the first time he did that. It's amazing to me. Uh, We will also get to uh, who said that for the end of the hour. Our fabulous fifth hour is coming. It's uh, Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, Hook Him Up. 101.9 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Wednesday on The Horn, that means it's, uh, well, Wednesday at 9.30 on The Horn and hook them up. That means it's time to talk uh, Setlist ATX with our man Nick Shuley, one of the busiest guys in media. If it's not Nick, it's Rod. Uh, Babers over there uh, doing all kinds of media on this show for five hours a day on the On Texas Football channel like we did last night with the Tuesday Night Live stream. Also, sure. uh Nick Shuley is with us with the Setlist ATX. Nick is also doing the uh, Third and Longhorn podcast that you're a part of, Rod. That's good stuff. Also the uh, Brotherhood podcast, talking Texas basketball and all things hoops. He also is our uh, our man when it comes to the uh, best live music in Austin, Texas, because he's also the president of the Austin Music Movement, uh, doing great work for local musicians and the local music scene in Austin, Texas. And he joins us now from the Horn headquarters. He is Nick Shuley. Nick, good morning, my friend. What's up, guys? What's up, Nick? Hey, can I ask you... Is Ty wearing pants today when, you, you, when you're looking under the desk there? Is he wearing some pants? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got pants on. They look did great, Did you hear man. the story in the 7 o'clock hour? Were you happened to hear that? I did, man. And I will come to, to Ty's defense on this. Like, I, I've never <laughs> gone pantless to work, but I've never hit that level. But I, I'll take, I take Delta 8 gummies sometime when I, uh, like, at night before I go to bed. And I have run into doors. I've had to, like, <laughs> sit down for a second. Like, I've had to contemplate not standing up to go to the bathroom because, like, that stuff, it's nothing to mess with. And it's, and it is, it's, it, you know, it's, quote, over the counter. You can, you can buy it everywhere. So I, but I can't believe it's a goal. I take a quarter and he took a whole one. Ooh. So, yeah. And I mean, granted, my, to- my tolerance is probably not the level of Ty- Ty's tolerance. So see if we got this right. If you missed the story in the seven o'clock or Ty on Sunday night, um, you know, he's on the dry January thing. So he had not been drinking uh, any alcohol rod. Mm-hmm. So he, he went to the smoke shop slash gas station near his home. Smoke shop. And am I right on this Ty? You picked up a Delta eight smoke shop from the gas it was station. A Delta 10. Oh, wanted something like that. What? <laughs> Who's counting? <laughs> yeah. Numbers. Wow. And so you were trying to sleep, and you didn't sleep at all, as a matter of fact. It took you into a new place. And as you woke up that morning to get dressed, you didn't want to turn the lights on because your girlfriend was there. And somehow you left with a T-shirt on, your boxer shorts, and your tennis shoes. Once you put your tennis shoes on without pants, I think you would have realized that. But you did not. Did not. Drove all the way to work. Nope. And didn't know that you weren't wearing pants until our other producer, Brock, told you <laughs> yes that's correct <laughs> i mean that's oh, incredible that is yeah i gotta tell you i'm, I'm speechless about that. i still don't understand how it happened 
I'm I mean, so he's cold without pants that I, I would know instantly without. I, without yeah, you're pants. right about that. Yeah, so I, I feel I'm like when you got in the car, you would notice when your butt was a little, you know, colder. Unless he's got On some really, really thick boxers or something. I don't know. Maybe he's got <laughs> some, some seat heaters. In well, the there. other side know. of your legs would touch the seat, right? I mean, that'd be cold. That'd be cold. I'm chilly right there. Honestly, like, oh, when man. when that stuff's in you, you're like, yeah, you're not. I don't know. You're not. You're not fully contemplating all the all the things you, you're not. You're not going through your to do list for the day. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that is like, amazing. That stuff must be powerful. Man, wow! I don't know if I, I love that story. <laughs> That's fantastic. Pantsless. Well, at least he did the show, though. He did went to work. He, he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't a, panic and go home. He was like, no, it wasn't my best show. show. <laughs> yeah, he was half asleep during the show too. By the way, we kept saying, "Ty, we'd go. Let's go to Rod's rant of the day." Yeah, but yeah. For, <laughs> for dead, let's go to Rod's silence. rant of the day. <laughs> I, I was listening. Ty, uh, Ty uh, Nick, how are you, my friend? How are things here into the new year for all of your, your various ventures going well? I know the basketball team had a big win last night. Yeah, man, that was a fun one. We actually, we were, we recorded Brotherhood right after that, and, and we had it scheduled, and it, it kind of ended perfectly right before. So, so Royale, Ivy, and DJ Augustine and I were all, we're all kind of talking about it. It was, a, it was a fun one, man. It was a, it was a big, a big turnaround after, after the tough game at home, and I think a, a lot of people, felt like they were jumping ship off this team and I think I, I got into kind of a little uh, Royale and DJ and I got into a little argument about it is I think I think you do have to give this team a little bit of time to gel and I know you're like oh hey it's this it's late in the season blah 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 but when you get your probably your top scorer and, and probably top player back and you have to learn how to play with them and the offense runs through DeSue and so it's it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve the tough part is is you're in the toughest conference in all of basketball trying to trying to have that learning curve. Yeah, uh, and that's what we've talked about. That's a, that's a tough transition timing-wise, but you had to make sure that he was 100% healthy, right? I mean, he just did, and uh, you don't want to risk that with a big man who's coming off a foot injury. And we saw how good was DeSue last night for folks who didn't see it, Nick. I mean, 33 points. He had, you know, he was both ends of the floor. He was hitting threes. He's he was awesome last night. That kid is a bucket. And, and I think what, what people have to understand about this conference is this isn't – we're not going to go undefeated through this conference. We're not – I mean, go, coming out on t- at, you know – 500 out of this conference is a win because if you kind of go down and look at the records, the average record of teams in this conference right now is 11 and three in the big 12. That's the average. It's 159. They're 159 and 46 overall as a conference. So that's crazy. There's one team with a losing record. West Virginia is five and 10. Every other team has a winning record. Like that's a gauntlet. No, no conference looks like that. Yeah, you're right about that. And I said it earlier, for Houston, the Cougars, number two in the country, run defeated. Welcome to the Big 12, right? Their first yeah. Big 12 road game at Iowa State, they lose. Un- I mean, uh, yeah, this- unranked Iowa State. And, the, and uh, since he beat BYU, and BYU is a team that could go pretty deep in there, and they, and they knocked them off. And so for Texas to win that game at Cincinnati, the home opener, the, the Big 12, you know, inaugural Big 12 game for Cincinnati, that's a big win for the team, and people, people need to understand that. And I think – they look, we've got next up, we've got West Virginia and then we've got Central Florida, which are kind of the lower some of the lower ranked teams in the conference. It's a good chance for us to kind of figure out how to gel. But still, you know, there's no gimmies on the road in the Big 12. And then after that, the gauntlet just gets ugly. It's like Baylor, Kansas. There's a, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, Houston. There's no. Whoa. 
Yeah. There's no let up. But that, you, you, I think you said it right for our audience that don't think Cincinnati. Cincinnati, that, was, that place was packed last night. It was their first ever Big 12 home game. Texas is in town. That place was raucous. And, D, and Dylan DeSue was awesome. And then Max Aismas was the big shot to win it at the end. All right, Nick, for the uh, live music for folks, again, it's, it's that time of the year. But there's a, there's a big name in town doing comedy on Friday night. Run through some of the, the big shows of the weekend. Yeah, there's a, there's a few big comedy names. It's a little little quieter for music. Once again, we're, we're slow rolling into the year. But the, the, the actual touring shows are starting to pick up. And, uh, yeah, so there's some good stuff. on. Uh, so tonight we got the Smoking Popes at Mohawk. They're, they're kind of a good older punk band. They, they were, cool got, name. Yeah, they got pretty big in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s. But they're a great band. They'll be at Mohawk. And then Thursday, a big UK artist, the Charlatans, will be there. They've been around for a long time. They'll be at Emo's, and they're a very good band. The, the Spits, a, a great punk band, will be at Mohawk. And then a classic band, the Derailers, who play, play there a lot, but this is a good one to go see. The Derailers will be at the Broken Spoke, which you've never gone to see that. That's pretty fun. And then the next one is, is a, a venue. I had planned on calling this out, but they got a little love last night. It's, it's, a, it's a venue called Sagebrush, which is down south. And they were, it was actually founded by Dennis O'Donnell, who does the White Horse as well, which are some of the best venues in Austin. And uh, they, the, every, or, uh, once a month or so, they do this two-step lessons at the Sagebrush, and they'll be doing that on Thursday. So they do kind of country bands, and they teach you how to two-step. And for those that didn't, didn't hear, Zach Bryan did a pop-up show at Sagebrush last night for 100 people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, you sent me those pictures. I mean, the line was, as, as the, to the post said, the line is to, to, to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and 100 people were getting in. Yeah, this is down off South Congress. Sagebrush is a cool place. Great place. Uh, down south neat spot and that's cool uh, so so zach bryan showed up and played a kind of an intimate concert for 100 people last night how cool is that uh it's awesome he was uh, i guess he apparently was shooting a music video is what i hear and so i think that'll be some of the live shots for the music video which will be neat and, and to do it at sagebrush is pretty cool somebody in his camp is is in the know because that spot's awesome that's pretty cool and yes, then, right there. It, it's Stastny is the cross street uh, as you get down past. If you go going south, the South Congress, you pass Stastny, and it's right there on your left. Yeah, good it's spot. A, it's another great spot. Like if you're if you have people in town, it's another one like the White Horse, which is just a good kind of old school country spot. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Dennis uh, is one of those guys that I say that, that f- certain people have what I call the feels. You walk into some place and you're like, oh, this place feels right. Like the White Horse feels like that. Sagebrush feels like that. It's a good spot. Uh, good, good, and a good location too. Getting yep. south down, uh, down South Congress before you get to Stasny. Uh, all right, uh, what else there, Nikki? Yeah, and then uh, on Thursday night at Sea Boys, another up and coming guitar god. I've talked about this kid a lot, Zach Person. He'll be playing there. That's a good one. And then Friday, one of one of my favorite shows of the year, and I talk about this guy a lot, but he has every year he does his birthday show at Antone's, and I was telling Ty, I think Ty's going to go out to it, and uh, hopefully, hopefully go pantsless just to you know just to create some controversy. <laughs> but yeah, is uh, Rob Baird does his birthday bash at Antone's, and Rob is absolutely, I think, the most talented artist in this city and one of the top ones in the state, and he uh, kind of exploded online. So he's uh, we we need, you need to go see him while you still can. <laughs> Rob Baird, I know you. I've met him through you. He's, an, he's a great dude, and uh, looking forward to seeing him. Him, his future is bright. Yeah, and then Graham Wilkinson, a, another Austin classic. He'll be at Saxon Pub, and then what you refer to, Mr. Cat Williams, a, a big time comedian, will be over at ACL Live. And then on Friday night, how about that? Right? Have you seen the interview he did with Shannon Sharp? That was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. Man. Yeah, Cat Williams made a lot of crazy accusations on that show. 
And as Shannon Sharp said, I didn't do anything. I just sat down and he went off. He was he like an hour. Too. <laughs> he said he was on one. He was wild. <laughs> hey, that's that's what gets the clicks. <laughs> gets right. the views. And then another good, the other one, probably the other good up and coming guitar kid, Paul Val, will be at Sea Boys on Friday night. And then for you late '90s TV fans of Boy Meets World, they will be doing a live taping of Pod Meets World with some of the cast of Boy Meets World, including I believe Topanga, who was the oh, the nice. heart. A heartthrob? The, what do, what do yeah. you call that? Her teen, I don't even know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. She was, a, she was yeah. a teen crush for a lot of a lot of guys out there. Yeah, they'll be at Paramount. And then a, one of the best Tom Petty cover bands, uh, the Damn Torpedoes, will be over at ACL, at 310 at ACL Live, which if you, you know, since you can't go see Tom Petty anymore, that's a, it's a good one to see. Go out and sing some songs and see some Tom Petty live. And that's a cool place to do it. And my buddy Gino is uh, one of the, the, the band members of that. He sent me that yesterday. That's cool. Fri- uh, on uh, on uh, Friday night at ACL 310 at the ACL Live, Damn, the Damn Torpedoes do a great job with the Tom Petty covers. Uh, Saturday now, uh, Nick? Yeah, another one that's, uh, you know, you can see this most weeks but the mike flanagan trio with jimmy vaughn will be over at sea boys and then another great uh comedian will be at acl live jim brewer for you fans of the movie half baked which was one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> uh, and then uh, a, a band that i actually discovered d- looking through this is this band called the lone bellow will be playing at stateside at paramount and they uh for you fans of the national it's produced by Aaron from the National, and it's got this. It almost sounds like the National with a little bit of folk music mixed in. So pretty, pretty solid. If I if I was uh, going to be here, I would go see that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the Lone Bellow, and then uh, keep on rolling there, Nikki. Yeah, another another good cover band at three ten at ACL Live for you Grateful Dead fans and all, all you jam band folks. Touch of Trey will be playing at ACL Live. And then this one is one that I, you know, I'm going to send you guys down the road a little bit, but it's another Rob Baird show. But they're opening this brand new venue in San Antonio called Stable Hall, which is right by Hotel Emma in uh, in the Pearl area of San Antonio. And they have they've taken what used to be the stables of the brewery that when when they used to deliver beer by horse carriage, et cetera. They have the stable building, so that's turned into a venue. And it, I would venture to say that it is the most gorgeous venue I have been in in Texas. Like it is wow. phenomenal, and it's it's probably a a nine hundred to a thousand cap venue. And they're doing a free show to open to open the actual venue. And Rob Baird's plan. So go online, RSVP, make the trip down there. I cannot emphasize this enough. That place is going to be an absolute incredible venue. Stable Hall, staying in San Antonio. That's downtown San Antonio, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, in the Pearl, the Pearl District yeah. there. And uh, cool. yeah, definitely worth your time. Go out, have dinner down there, catch Rob Baird. I think I think he'll go on at eight or nine, and definitely definitely Good worth stuff. seeing. Yeah, and it's free, so get there, RSVP, and get out there. All right, then uh, into Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Yeah, Sunday we got another Austin classic. Soul Man Sam will be at the Skylark Lounge, which is another great classic Austin venue. And then on Monday, uh, Van Wilkes Trio, who is uh, he, Van Wilkes has written songs for Billy Gibbons and uh, and his great band known as ZZ Top. They'll be at the at the Saxon Pub. And then wrapping up the week on Tuesday, Albert Castiglia will be over at Antone's. All right, there it is. Uh, Nick Shuley with your live music update. I looked at some pictures of that stable hall in San Antonio. That's very, very cool. It's insane. Uh, that's a, that's a neat-looking neat looking deal right there. Uh, cool. Stable hall, San Antonio. It's, it's stretching the boundaries a little bit, but that's cool because people have time on a Saturday night. If you want to get down there and check that out with Rob Baird playing a free show. And uh, those are your live music picks for the upcoming week with Nick Shuley as we get it going. I mentioned earlier in the week, uh, Nick, that uh, I saw a bit of a teaser 
tweet or X from uh, Gary Clark Jr. that maybe there's some new material coming soon from Gary Clark. That'd be pretty cool. Um, uh, did you catch that when it came across? I did. I did. It looked. It looks pretty cool. I haven't heard a lot about new music, but I'm I'm guessing we'd have some. I know he's been. I've, I've had some meetings over at Arlen Studios, and Gary'd been recording over there, so I knew he was working on some stuff. All right, we'll look forward to that coming out here into the new year with uh, Gary Clark Jr., uh, Austin's own. All right, Nick, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. And people can watch that Brotherhood podcast. Uh, when will that be turned around? It was just recorded last night after the game with Cincinnati. When can we expect to find that and the third and Longhorn podcast, the latest? Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll probably have it out by Friday. i got to talk to Bobby in, uh, on Texas football. We've been putting it on there so that it's been the basketball podcast on there. But likely Friday, Saturday, I think, will we'll be when that goes up. And, uh, yeah, if you just go to Brotherhood, it's B-R-U-T-H-E-R. Hood, BrotherhoodTexas.com. You can find that. And then uh, yet one that uh, Mr. Mr. Rod Babers kills it on is Third and Longhorn. And you can go to thirdandlonghorn.com and that will you can, it'll direct you to that too. Always fun, man. Always fun. And it's always fun to talk to you, Nick. And, uh, you know, somebody asked a good question about Ty is how did he, where did he put his keys if he went to work without pants on? Yeah, jacket you, on. Where were your keys, Ty? Do I want to know? Just in his hand. Your, your keys <laughs> your keys are in your hand oh that's too funny wow all right we'll come back when we do it's a round of who said that into our fabulous fifth hour let's hook him up with ian roddick Set it time before the uh, end of the 9 o'clock hour every morning. Audio from around the landscape. We've heard some good stuff this morning from Max Asmus already. Hit the game winner last night for the Longhorns. Uh, heard Jim Harbaugh singing uh, for He's a Jolly Good Fellow in the locker room with the uh, Michigan Wolverines <laughs> after the game. Turned out from a Michigan fan that that's been a common thing the, for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. the player of the game gets, gets that salute from the team. Yes. Yeah. By the way, before we get to who said that, Rod, can I mention that Adam Schefter had a tweet just moments ago uh, that says after two days of intense meetings, Monday, Tuesday, the Bears are the Bears. not making a head coaching change. Matt Eberflus is officially expected to return for the 2024 season. But they're changing out basically the entire uh, offensive coaching staff. The OC is out. Yes. The quarterback coach is out. The wide receiving coach is out. They're going to change out everything, but they're not going to change Eberflus because they think and he's a defensive guy. So I think it's a mistake. I think you, you upgrade when you have a chance to upgrade. Yeah, and that, that, that leads to me to believe that, that uh, Jim Harbaugh said no thanks. I think, I think they were because I think they like Matt Eberflus as far as you know the culture he's building and some of the things he does from the defensive side of the ball because um, he he was a, a hot candidate but at the end of the day they got to get the offense right and they got to figure out this Justin Fields move and they have the first pick and the tenth pick in the draft uh, I'm assuming they called Jim Harbaugh or Don Yee and we're told yeah no thanks we've got other other places we're still looking. can upgrade though you still can upgrade still can upgrade I mean it's not like Eberflus is that good of a coach I mean yeah all the other if you go look at the teams with the worst records in the last twenty five games all of them are have either fired their coach or are debating firing their coach it's it's the Titans the Patriots Bears Panthers the Cardinals are in there but the Cardinals just got a new head coach they just so got a new coach they just they just already went through the process so I, I don't know hopefully he's the right guy for them but he hasn't proven that guys yeah and do you risk it with all this draft capital that you have you're about you to you can't get the, this wrong you're about to remake the franchise and you're known you have a reputation for making bad decisions at quarterback mm. you almost can't screw this one up though yeah, you can't I mean it's almost it, the Texans are another example right they they had to get it right this past year right. when you had the first pick or the yeah. second pick and you had all this capital that you acquired in the Deshaun Watson trade you had to get it right and so far looks like they have in addition to hiring uh, D'Amico Ryans as the right uh, coach what do you have for me Rod and who said that all right Todd I sent you a bunch of them so just dial one up we can play who said that 
Sorry. Nope. Guys, hey, winning, hey, winning is so much fun. Winning is so much fun. I'm just saying, we all in this room hate to lose. Okay, and again, welcome to the 12 right now. That's how we have to compete every single night. Okay, we're the scrappy team. We're the tough team. We're the most physical team. We're the most connected team. Okay, that's what the 12 is about. On the road, it's what we have to be able to do. We stay together. We stay together. We worked the game for 40 minutes. We stayed together. That's what we got to be able to do. Great bounce back. Way to get up off the mat. Way to respond. Okay, let's go, Brian. Let's go. Yeah. Who said that? That's my man, RT. Rodney That's Terry RT. right there bringing it uh, with up. the Big win. Yeah, big win because it was really lame on Monday on Saturday night. And uh, it does lead me to believe that Texas Tech might be better than people are giving them credit for. Grant McCaslin's a really good coach. It's the Big 12, man. And it's the Big 12. It's but, big I mean, 12. But, but Texas Tech was seen as one of those teams that you got to beat. I don't know. They may be a little bit better than people think uh, with Grant McCaslin, who came in from North Texas, who won an NIT championship just last year there. He can coach. He can coach. And they got our coach in that game. Uh, so, uh, but everything that Grant McCaslin's doing is brand new. He's brand new to the league. He's got that uh, surprise attack kind of thing that he can run with. But uh, uh, we'll see. Big 12 is going to be tough. Texas bounce back. They get uh, West Virginia, who's the only losing team in the losing team with a losing record in the conference. So uh, that'll be on Saturday uh, at Morgantown. Back-to-back road games. Uh, all right, Rod, who is this? You're going to know this pretty quick because uh, you'll know it. But it's still good sound. Good audio. And who said that? Did you ever have that kind of like I told you so, that chip on your shoulder type moment with all the doubters, you know, now that you're on the verge of potentially winning a second MVP? Did you have that chip on your shoulder still? To be honest, I, I definitely do still have that chip on my shoulder. I don't think I have accomplished what I wanted to yet, so that's why that chip is still on my shoulder. And what is that that you want to still accomplish? I want that Super Bowl. You know, that's the accolade that I really want. You know, I've been chasing that for a long time, you know, since, since like high school, you know, just winning a, a state championship, you know, college winning a national the championship since i didn't complete those two i gotta complete this one mm, lamar jackson and with tom brady lamar jackson the with, goat with the young mvp might be nice yeah second. I, mean, I, second. I think they're the team to beat if you go based on regular season accomplishment mm-hmm. just every good team they matched up with they obliterated i mean they just beat them right they beat them beat them bad yeah including the Dolphins most recently. And then the four games that they – or the three games that they lost, they kind of gave them away. They had leads in, big leads, double-digit leads. Yeah. I mean, they could have gone 16 and 17-0. Yeah. I mean, literally, they had that in them if they could have finished some fourth-quarter games with Pittsburgh and Cleveland and uh, Indianapolis of all teams. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think um, – right. When they're at their best, though, they're the best. Yeah. No, I, I think the Niners are real they're close. The, they're the fewest holes, and the Niners probably have the second fewest holes. And, of course, right uh, Baltimore on that Christmas day night game, Christmas night – Went into San Francisco and beat the daylights out of the Niners. So they have that on their wall, too, uh, with Lamar Jackson. All right, there's some who said that. Good stuff with Rodney Terry, Lamar Jackson, NFL playoffs starting up. We'll do the fabulous fifth hour coming next as we roll on. Uh, talking all things transfer portal for Texas. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time. Longhorns are, and the numbers are adding up of uh, attrition. Guys leaving through the portal. Guys uh, leaving through the NFL draft and uh, maybe trying to find some, some replacements immediately. We'll talk more about that coming up as well as the NFL's playoffs and the wild card and everything we're kicking around on a Wednesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B.